Welcome to another edition of MLB Pro Happy Hour. I am your anonymous GM, joined as always by Brenton. We are back for a uh, a special edition of what what you're cooking with. How about uh, you take control and let's uh, let's see what you have going for us today? Yeah, appreciate it, man. Let's do round two of the 30 people that will define the MLB Pro 2021 season. Just to recap, we covered uh, yesterday or two days ago, however many days it was. We covered Bryce Harper, Wander Franco, Marco Pell, Jamie Vega, Fernando Tatis Jr., Lika Cialito, uh, Nick Senzel, and Scott Radinsky. Uh, and so we will just keep going here. Basically, I'm just going up and down this list, picking random people and talking about why I think they're going to define the 2021 season. Joined by yourself today to get some alternative takes as well. Uh, so let's launch into it, man. I will go with the top name on my list, not currently crossed out, and that is Garrett. I'm going to butcher this name, Select, from the Pittsburgh Pirates, the all-star outfielder last year. Uh, and real quickly, why I think he is going to be a defining mo- or player for the 2021 season is, honestly, I don't think he finishes the season in Pittsburgh. You know, after the Pirates dealt Alex Bregman in a shock move earlier this offseason, I don't think they have a shot to compete again, unless you think that Alex Baum or uh, Jared Stevens can come up and fill some of that void. So I think the Pirates fall behind possibly even Milwaukee early on and end up dealing select for more prospects uh, a little later on. What, what are your thoughts on Mr. Select? I think he's coming off of a fantastic year. Uh, hit 25 homers, 260, kind of a year out of nowhere. Uh, very limited playing time before that. You're right, he's 28 years old. I, I do think the trade of Alex Bregman changes things. But the, he was a dynamic pair between him and Michael Conforto in, in that outfield. I think what's interesting is taking a look at this is, is Mason Marley going to make the Pirates opening day roster? And, and if he does, I think you're on to something that, that Garrett Schlecht could be a, a prime candidate to be moved and rebuild and retool a, a young farm system in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, he Marley's interesting, right, with the, with the way he plays defense, the way he does on the base pass, the fact that he is, I think he's what, OSA's top rated prospect, one or two right now, right? Um, he's not a, a, not a 19-year-old. He is 23, so... It's kind of coming up on the time, although he didn't get above high A last year. I don't know. I, I just think Pittsburgh makes the move, right? I mean, select, to your point, came out of nowhere. He had 366 in spring, not flashing a lot of power, but he did continue what was a spectacular season last year into spring this year. If he gets off, stays hot, maybe Pittsburgh rolls the dice and says, hey, you know, this is what he is, and, and I can get a couple pieces for him. And with somebody like Marley right behind him, with Stevens and Baum and all these other guys coming up, why not make the move, right? Uh, especially if you can boost the – well, shit, the rotation was great in spring, too. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe Pittsburgh I, is. I, I will say this. I, I am high on Pittsburgh. I, I think – I still think they panicked and moved Alex Bregman three years before they needed to, and yeah. that's not to knock the return that they got. But he, he was under team control for a while, and, and the underrated part of this team is the pitching staff. And what they're adding in Gary Griffith, who is one of the best young pitchers in baseball, you add him with Chris Scalise. Uh, you still have Carlos Meza, Tristan Beck, Cody Chapman, a better a, a bullpen that didn't get quite enough credit for last year. While the Cardinals are the team to beat, I think, again, in, in the Central, there's no reason the Pirates aren't knocking down the door of 85, 86, 87 wins. And who knows? Maybe that's good enough for playoff spot internationally. Yeah, I, I may be the biggest Pirate haters in this league for whatever reason. I just cannot get on board with this team the more I, I look up and down it. I've been banging that drum since last year and I was wrong last year. I am ready to be wrong again this year. What, what do you think drives a select move? And what do you think drives a select staying as a pirate this year? What, what are the two scenarios here? I think it, it all, the, it all, uh, yeah, it all depends on Marley. 
if Marley makes the opening day roster and if he proves he's shit, sorry, spam call. Um, if, if Mason Marley proves he's capable to play every day, they're going to want him playing every day. Uh, and I think that would be what would allow them to move a Schlecht. Whereas if Marley proves he's not quite ready, I, I, I do think that Schlecht stays and, and they compete, but it, it's kind of right on, right on that fence. And the, the other option would be moving Kurt Franklin uh, and giving Marley center field. And you, and you put Marley between Conforto and Schlecht and you have what could be a really good outfield. Um, you, you're on to something with Schlecht having the trade value, which, which makes it enticing, but uh, it's an interesting piece. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that's why I think he defines the season, right. For multiple reasons. He can, moved or to maybe to your point Pittsburgh competes and I think if he's Pittsburgh competing it's because Select is continuing to hit well they find a place for Marley and and some of these other guys catch up and maybe Pittsburgh is a real deal so I think he has a a effect here either way Um, and looking at this Schleck was the uh, gold glove winner in left field last year you you put him a gold glove winner in left field you put a gold a a young uh, outfielder who can win a gold glove in center field along with the bat in Porto that works for me yeah it is a bummer that you don't you did not see the Pittsburgh Pirates play the old Kaiser Soze or Justin Soze move of putting him in right field in spring and getting him a little better rating out there to kind of break the fourth wall here. Uh, you know, he's still not rated as a great right fielder. I'm sure he can do it, but anyhow, uh, that is the Garrett select piece and, and we can move on. I want to go to the American league uh, and I move away from players to a general manager. Our first general manager we'll talk about um, in this the series, but I think Rocky or Ronald Cook is going to be a defining piece in the 2021 season because the twins are in a precarious position, right? They are a team that still has championship aspirations internally at the very least. They're a team that still has a lot of very, very good pieces, but after winning the division three straight years from 2017 to 2019, they finished third in 2020 ago. Okay. So they just filed the 2020 they're in fourth right now because of the name, but they fell out of first place for the first time since 2017 with a third place finish and only 76 wins, a 22 win drop from the year before. You know, a lot of people out there are, are thinking this is a three-way race between Chicago, Cleveland, and Minnesota. If the Twins get off to a rough start, there are a lot of pieces here in Minnesota that could get moved for a big return and shake races everywhere. So I think Ronald Rocky Cook is a huge piece here in this position because what he does with his team is going to shape a number of different divisions. It all starts with someone like Nolan Arenado. Uh, I believe entering his final year of his contract. Is that correct? Uh, he, he is. Yep. He, he's in the final year of his contract. We've heard Miguel Sano for however many. Is he still there or has he been traded? I am. Who knows with Rocky these days? I'm trying to look this up. Uh, where is Miguel Sano? He's been traded. Okay. So Arenado is still there. But, but you're right. Some of this, I. I I want to say some of last season's Minnesota Twins season was dictated both by bad luck within OOTP and with the world that was taking place in the world last year. And I think it kept the Twins from doing moves that would have maybe saved their season. But I think we're way too early to write this Twins team off, especially when they still have the best player in baseball in the middle of their lineup. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, the fact that they've been – I think more seriously entertaining a Gary Copeland move this offseason than any other time, although the price tag is astronomical. I've heard from a number of different GMs that have engaged the Twins in conversations that the ask for Copeland is, is just not – you can't touch it, right? And, it, and not, it's not wrongly so. The man's incredible with that. Um, 
But the fact that he's been considering it at this point tells me something about what we're thinking about this team, right? If you look up and down this pitching staff, it ain't young. It ain't exactly world beaters. They're not bad. Knock Kirby, Evaldi, Hale, Barnes, Samson, all decent guys at good springs, but like there's no stopper here. There's no true ace. The team is aging. There's some holes. I just, although Rocky's not one to panic, I would look at this team and think if they're 10 to 15 games back of the White Sox or the Cleveland Baseball Club here in a month or two, does Rocky start to look and make some moves with hopefully what is an expanded calendar for him to be able to make these trades and have these talks uh, and pull some guys up? His farm system's not deep, or there's some interesting pieces there. So, you know, maybe it's time for the Twins to hit that reset button. I don't know. That, that may just be some outside perspective here but but i will be watching the twins very closely early on in the year two there's there's two players i want to i want to key on key in on and then a copeland question for you the, the two players that i think could dictate a lot of whether the twin success the, this year come in the outfield both jordan adele and Corey ray adele his second full year uh in the twins a kind of disappointing rookie season but but a well-regarded prospect still and Corey ray coming over from oakland who's had success is a plus defender if he can get on base in front of Copeland, in front of Lewis Allen, I, I think it's a team that could be dangerous. And, and then you were talking about Copeland and the potential for moving him. Um, a two-part question, I guess. His bat is obviously as good as it gets, um, but you also mentioned he's basically a designated hitter. You're in the, the National League, not not putting you on the spot, but is he a player that could – could he be traded to the National League or is his defense so substandard that he has to be moved to the American League. And, and if that's the case, how many teams out there, I mean, are we talking like three or four teams? I mean, again, now we're at the point of why trade up. That's kind of my take. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Minnesota has a real reason to trade him. Um, speaking as a National League GM, absolutely. I would I would take him in a heartbeat. Now, his, his bat is terrible. And if his career stat, if, if, if the game is keeping the stats – appropriately in in the engine here he had a negative 20 zr last year uh <laughs> two errors but like he is not getting off the, the bag to make any plays right so you have to have a spectacular second baseman but i think with the bat he's got if you've got enough confidence and you're one of these people that doesn't believe defense is the thing which is a good portion of our league yeah absolutely somebody takes a shot but i have been told point blank the asking price is three major leaguers and a top flight arm uh, to get him off of that team. And I don't know how many teams have three major leaguers, leaguers they can give up for a defensive black hole or a DH, right? So to your point, I don't think it happens. Although I do think that if someone makes the offer, Rocky does it. Rocky would not be afraid to do it. Um, I, I, I think this year the Twins bounce back and they're right back there in contention with, with the likes of Cleveland and Chicago. If that is true, the Central is going to be a fucking blast to watch because those are three very good baseball teams, if that's true. And just just quickly stay in the Central, and then we'll get to your list. The team that is, there's the other two teams don't get enough love either. Um, yeah. Kansas City is getting better by the day. Yep. And, and while Jim hates his team in Detroit, that pitching staff is really good. Uh, and, and if depending on how it plays out, there are there are some good pieces in, in Detroit. It, it, they're not a, they're not a cakewalk uh playing anyone in the central it's a tough game yeah i think detroit is my credit to your point as much as i don't believe he's a real threat this year ricardo rosa is a really fun rookie to watch this year castadiora is a guy i've always liked hayward being a plug and play guy that everything still flip but i mean it goes rosa yora hayward noonan wheelock Victor Robles, like, that's six guys. 
isn't bad. That can people a lot of teams, you know, outside of the AL West, really. And to your point, the pitching staff, if Liberatore and, and Chapman and Weimer and Maury and Garcia can hold this thing together, Detroit's not terrible. They can hover around that 500, just sub 500 mark if everything breaks right. Realistically, they've probably got a couple of years left, but but it's a, it's a fun team. This division could be one of the up-and-coming divisions, depending on how Minnesota ends the skew. Chicago and Cleveland still have a couple of years left with their rosters, but they have to start reconstructing. Who knows where the power shifts in a couple of years, but, but this is a yeah. fun division. And to your point, Kansas City is great. I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on them because I don't know enough about them, but I do like what they're doing down there a ton. Um, let's move back to the National League, and let's go to the National League West and talk about Clayton Kershaw, a recently moved former Cy Young winner who was the cause of uh, a couple of, of fun conversations over the last couple of weeks of people like wondering, can Clayton Kershaw continue his success in Colorado, right? Will the altitude, will – the history of Colorado, although I think it's overstated in our league, affects the way he pitches. And so I think he's a really interesting piece, even despite the fact that the Colorado Rockies have a stacked lineup and that Kershaw maybe isn't even the best pitcher on their rotation. If you look at that, that they also picked up Trevor Bauer and, and Miguel Pineda and a bunch of other guys in this bracket, or Ronald Durham. I think Clayton Kershaw defines this season because he is the only left-handed starter on a team that has World Series aspirations. Um, and if he cannot adjust to this altitude and the way that you have to pitch in Colorado, what does Eddie Buckles do? Because the man is not shy of a deal, as somebody kind of half pointed out the other day. Like, I think Eddie may have been responsible for half the deals this offseason. This team, will they have patience with him if he struggles out of the gate? I think they'll have patience. Um, let's remember that some of his starts will come on the road. Yep. Um he doesn't put many guys on base. So even if he gives up more home runs, a lot of them are going to be solo home runs. Um, will he be a, he is, I mean, to me, the bigger concern might be his age uh, than the number of home runs he might give up again. He gives up 30 home runs. He still strikes out 200. I mean, he had 258 strikeouts, 29 walks last year. Yep. There's still a lot there to like, even if he, I mean, even in giving up 23 homers last year in St. Louis, to your point, he doesn't need to be godlike because they have other pitchers both in the rotation and they have one of the deepest bullpens in baseball. Oh my God. Um, I think there's still a lot to like about Clayton Kershaw. And I, I think, I think it was a gamble that made sense for both sides. Uh, St. Louis had younger arms. They, they really like the makeup uh, of Craig Cooper and what they brought in, bringing him in out of cores and into um, Bush and Eddie, Eddie wants to win. Eddie wants to win now. And we saw that with Bauer. We see that with Kershaw. And it's a risk worth taking. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I love Clayton Kershaw. I think he's worth every penny of that $35 million he makes every year. The most interesting piece to me is that he had career highs in strikeouts per nine and walks per nine last year at, what, 32 years old after 10 years in this friggin' league. Like, the guy is insane. He continues to produce. I have zero reservations that he's going to be spectacular this year, right? There was a hot take. I think it was literally just made to be a hot take that he would be a league average pitcher in cores. I strongly disagree with that statement. By the way, I also disagree with the other side of that argument that Craig Cooper is average. I think Craig Cooper is spectacular, but that's a different story. He is on this list somewhere, so we'll get to him. Um, he, even even if he has a subpar season, it doesn't really matter because the Rockies are going to make the playoffs. I mean, it really comes down to what does Clayton Kershaw do in the playoffs? Absolutely. I mean, this team, this team is spectacular. Watching the Rockies and the Diamondbacks compete 
all year with a, a good Dodgers team in the division, by the way. The Padres suck, and, and the Giants are just ancient. So, <laughs> like the Giants roster, they're so old. Um, watching Colorado and Arizona battle out this year is one of the few. I think with the AL Central and the National League West are two of the few divisions. Honestly, absolutely, the AL West is an interesting race at the top, but have some fun races to watch of who's going to win these things. And there's some other divisions that are just cakewalks. So, um, yeah, Clayton Kershaw is going to define this season. I think he'll be an ace again, but he'll be an ace in the two slot behind Pineda. And by the way, in front of another potential uh, Cy Young winning award bidder in Trevor Bauer, who will just be spectacular in Colorado with the run support he'll get here. Um, so anyway, that is the Clayton Kershaw story. Next on my list is not a person, but I think it's worth exploring. And that is the Yankees outfield seats. How many times are they going to get hit this year with baseballs leaving this, this field? Because my God, if you look up a town roster, Rhett Parker has built on offense and defense, mind you, there's just going to be balls flying out. Like I, I don't, if you get on base in New York, just don't even take a step off the bag and risk tripping and getting picked off because you're probably coming home. Right. If you look them down between, if you skip Marwin Gonzalez and skip Ronald Luna at one and nine, Arise Sano, Sanchez Velasquez, Zaragoza, Chavez, and Ortiz all have the possibility, in my opinion, have the ability they could all hit 30 home runs. Seven yeah. people on this team could hit 30 home runs this year. Arise hit 44 last year. Sano hit 37. Velasquez hit 34. Sanchez hit 28 in 128 games. Ramon Ortiz hit 27 in 117 games. Yeah, there, there's no reason I don't have at least five guys hit 30, at least. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and Brett's probably not done. He has shown the propensity to go out and take somebody on who's a risk just because they can mash. I don't expect him to not do it. The interesting piece, if you flip this script and look at the pitchers that he has got going here, Dylan Bundy gave up 25 home, 25 home runs in Seattle last year, the most he's ever given up, right? If you look at Jordan Lyles, uh, he gave up 28 home runs between Detroit and New York last year. Uh, Judd Graham, I think, is the one exception here. He only gave up five, but he only made 20 starts. Like, if you have 16 between Washington and Colorado, right? Um, this team, all the way up and down, like, Quang Young Kim, the, the guy they signed last year, gave up 13 home runs and 13 starts last year. So, he's averaging a home run a start. So, he makes 30 starts. That's another 30 home runs he's given up. And Cal Quantrill, bless the man, at 25 years old. Um, is their best bet, I guess, but he gave up three home runs in limited time. So nobody on this team is a ground ball pitcher. Nobody is trying to hit the ball. They're just embracing this shit and say, we're going to hit home runs. They're going to hit home runs. We're going to have fun, give away souvenirs, and whoever hits the most wins. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. That is, that is, I mean, they're going to have a guy on the bench in either Rafael Castillo or, or Yvonne and Chavez, who is capable of hitting 25 homers. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I love it. Look, if, if nothing other than just the pure chaos of the matter of, of the situation here, like it's just fun, right? Everybody else is not that they're trying to outthink the room. Everybody's trying to be smart, right? Get on base. Let's have some on base guys. Let's get some low, you know, mm -hmm. high no. target ground ball pitch. Now New York's just saying, screw it. Let's go. Let's, let's do this. And by the way, Christian Yellick, I didn't even talk about him is on the DH. So he will be coming back at some point. Um, <laughs> so Christian Yellick is also there. You get 30 home runs. So, I think they have two guys on the bench at 20 home runs on top of their five to, to six 30 home run guys. It, it's going to be a blast. And I, I wish I had thought about how I like, do the quick math on that. I guess let me do this real quick. Over under 250 home runs as a team for the Yankees. Is that high or low? That seems high. Yeah. That's uh, high. That does seem high, but 
thing. Yeah, that's more than one a game. Seem does seem high. Well, why, let's see. Last year they hit 284. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that seems low, actually. <laughs> Do they beat that number? Do they beat 284 home runs as a team this year? Yes. That's insane. I love it. Rhett, I love it. Please, God, never change. It, it's so much fun. Uh, how much time do you have left? I have another 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Perfect. So let's go back to the National League and let's talk about uh, the National League East front runners historically and presumed this year. I see no reason to, to doubt that. But let's talk about Greg Bird specifically in this Mets lineup, right? I see no reason to think that the Mets don't win the division this year. I see no reason to think the Mets don't make a deep run in the playoffs and are not one of the top National League competitors for the pennant. But Greg Bird is going to be a big piece of this, right? He's the only real, unless I missed something, change this team has made since the start of the 2020 season was adding Greg Bird. Am I wrong there? You are not. That, that is true. So he's the only change. He was hot out of the gate and then kind of fell off a cliff a little bit and came back to the earth. Still had posted a three war over 76 starts, which is spectacular for a catcher, but did fall way off. If Greg Bird can be start of 2020 Greg Bird, where again he posted a 2.1 war over 36 games in Atlanta, if anything like that, in early 2020, I think that the Mets have nothing to worry about and this team runs away with it, right? If Greg Bird is the second half 2020 Greg Bird, I do think that's a hole in his lineup and he's not good enough defensively, despite what maybe is, is the argument of catcher's defense to justify being in that, that lineup and what he's going to make and, and, and get the pay, what do you make, 15 million? That's not that much, actually. His paycheck's not that bad. So Greg Bird to me defines this season because uh, not Rhett, excuse me, Bruce in New York has been so calculated and so good about what he does for so long. If Bird is not the answer there, which I don't think he will be, I think he will be the answer, excuse me, I don't think he won't be, but if he's not, what do the Mets do? Do they bring somebody up? Do they have a piece there? Do they make a trade? Where do they go? Or do they let somebody like Miami or Washington make a run at them? One inter- they, there's two inter- two interesting pieces when I look at that team. I think one or three. The first being Greg Bird. I think you nailed Greg Bird. Um, they have someone like Chad Lewis sitting on their bench, who a couple years ago was an everyday third baseman. Can he slot? Will he be sliding in and, and splitting time with Mike Salas at, at third? I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing. But the big the big addition to the Mets this year is going to be the return of Kyle Rodatz to the mound. He's in the and rotation, it, by the way. Did you see it that? It does appear to be he's in the rotation, which is a surprise based upon how he pitched in the closer role. What, he gave up two homers, and those were the only two runs he gave up all last year pretty one. much? One home run, gave up four runs, one home run. And it might have been a three-run homer, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah. it, it was something absurd. Um, he was lights out. I mean, a .64 ERA in 56 innings. But they did lose Max Scherzer from the rotation. Um, so you, you add in an, another power lefty to behind Vega, Lincecum, Nice. Makes sense. They still have quality arms in the bullpen. You, you, you did highlight two, two teams chasing uh, in Miami and Washington who were quality teams. Yeah. The, the, the Mets are still the favorite. E- even if Greg Bird struggles, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say they're, they're not going to win the uh, National League East. I don't doubt that. I, but the question for them is not, 
the National League East. It's can they make the World Series and beat out Colorado or Arizona or the Cardinals? And if Greg Bird struggles and Kyle Radatz is just an average starter as opposed to the lockdown, you're not scoring a run on me if we have a lead late kind of pitcher, can they beat one of those teams? I, I don't know. Well, then then let's put, then let's change it, the tune a little bit and say another player that could be key is be, uh, be uh, Alberto Vega, who finished last year hurt. Uh, with forearm injury, a forearm, forearm injury, and a, and a struggle here in spring training with an ERA north of six. If Alberto Vega doesn't pitch like an ace, you're right. They can't compete with the likes of St. Louis, Arizona, Colorado. If Alberto Vega is good, and if Tim Lincecum is good, and if Kyle Radetz is able to pitch in the rotation, I think one through three, they're able to challenge even a team like Colorado, which, which you just talked about between Pineda, uh, Kershaw, and Bauer. I, I, it, Vega could be the guy to, to watch in New York. Yeah. Honestly, had I noticed that Radatz was in the rotation right now as opposed to in the bullpen, he would have been my, my guy to watch in New York. I didn't realize that until I pulled the team up. I just remember Greg Bird falling apart, and I wanted to think about him and what he could potentially mean for this team. But Radatz is the piece to watch here, I think, honestly. If he, if he can't pitch out of that, that rotation, I guess that means you got to hope Manuel Sachs is ready in a couple of months. I, I really don't know because uh, they only have five – I mean, Matt Harvey comes back in four months, but eh, whatever. I don't know. All right, let's let's do one more. I think I just heard my kids get home. Yeah, I did. Um, so let's do one more, and then we will we will run. Uh, and I think if we're going to go back to the American League, I am looking at – hey, buddy. I am looking at Brian Hennessy in L.A. I don't know if he is still on the roster – uh, but he is the presumed – if he's not, we can move away from him. He's not – oh, he still is. But they haven't made their moves here, right? Um, ah, fuck that. No, Caleb Howard's starting up there. Let's not do Brian Hennessy. Let's do Rod Swift in Cleveland because I think Cleveland has hopes that they can compete for the championship this year. And I think Rod Swift and Steven Strasburg carry a ton of weight on their shoulders for that. He got better year over year, right? He still pitched – well, he only pitched 123 innings, so he did have an injury-riddled season last year, but he did lower his ERA. Uh, he raised his strike rate, strikeout rate. He lowered his walk rate. So he was better in 2020 than he was in 2019, and he was great in 2019. Uh, he's probably on his way to posting, what, a five-war season as a starter. I love that. Can Rod Swift come back and continue to be dominant in this Indians, excuse me, in this Cleveland baseball team rotation after struggling a little bit in spring with 5.32 ERA against, again, limited space. And if he can't, can Cleveland recover from a subpar Rod Swift? Cleveland cannot recover from a subpar Rod, Rod Swift. But I don't think they're going to get a subpar Rod Swift. Uh, I think that ERA is a little inflated, but by his last start, he gave up five earned runs March 22nd against the Tigers. Before that, he didn't give up a start with more than three. Two of those were two earned runs. One of those, two of those were one earned runs. He struck out eight in a pair of four inning starts. The, the power arm's still there. Um, can he go deep in, deep into games? Will be a, a question mark coming off of his injury, um, especially having traded. What was it? Ron Gary was he the closer? Rod uh, Ken Gary, Rod Gary, Ken Gary, it was Ken Gary. Uh, to, to, to Oakland. So I think there's a hole in the back end of that bullpen, um, which is going to be something to monitor. Uh, you can't have quality starts by Strasburg and Swift ruined by a bullpen. They still do have Mark McCain. Um, but I, I think that could be something that I'd be concerned about heading, heading into the season would be the bullpen blowing quality starts by Swift. 
Yeah, they're they're a little thin in the bullpen. I was not expecting to see that. I like their split between right and left. They can go much either way, but outside of McCain, there's not somebody I love out here. Um, and again, it's tough to compare everybody to Colorado. But when you compare this bullpen to Colorado, which is the gold standard of how to build a friggin' bullpen, my God, it's spectacular. Cleveland is not there. So now, now at the same time to say that uh, two players that kind of fly under the radar radar would be John Garrow, uh, Guerrero, who had back-to-back quality years in Tampa Bay and Cleveland out of the bullpen, and uh, Julio Rosado, who last year had a 2.5 ERA in 68 innings. So there, there are quality arms, but I think you kind of hit it. Maybe the depth isn't quite what it could have been had they not made that trade with Oakland. Yeah, it just seems like if you're going to win, if you're going to win rings, you have to be you have to be spectacular somewhere, or really in multiple places, right? And I think Rod Swift, if he is Rod Swift that we saw in 2019 and 2020, he's young. We expect to bounce back. Absolutely. Gives them a one-two punch of Strasburg and Swift. And then he, even if you want to throw Malinowski in there, he's been good. Um, that that really, really puts Cleveland into that elite potential one-two punch here. Their, their offense is good, not great, which is concerning to me. And that, to your point, the bullpen is solid, but not – I don't feel Kyle Radatz. I don't feel Kadir Hashim, right? I don't feel um, – Who's the Dennis Moore in Colorado who struggled last year, mind you? But like, I don't feel that fear when Cleveland gets to their bullpen the way I did with Ben Gary and some of the other guys. So, to you know, if, if Rod Swift can't go deep, if Steven Strasburg gets hurt, you know, cross your fingers that he doesn't because he's been pretty healthy over his career, despite the fact that I believe he has that fragile rating. Um, it just concerns me a little bit, right? So, so that's just something to watch. I think that he defines this season because, as we've already talked about, the Central is going to be so competitive. If Cleveland has a hope, Rod Swift has to be an ace. And a potential Cy Young candidate. Um, Can I throw one more name uh, from Cleveland out to you for a second? Tommy Joseph uh, yeah. came over in the Michael Pineda trade with the Yankees, a salary dump uh, trade. He was a good player with the Yankees last year, hit 20 homers, was hitting 290 in 90 games. Comes over to Cleveland, hit three homers, and hit 191. Um, that's, a, that's a big black hole, and you're paying a ton of money if Tommy Joseph, he has to produce. He just has to produce. I mean, what he's sitting, sitting right now behind Chris Betts in the middle of that lineup. They are they are putting a lot on Tommy Joseph's shoulders after a very tough start in Cleveland, Cleveland last year. Yeah, I like I like Tommy Joseph. I do. If you believe, spring training is such a take your or take it or leave it kind of thing. If you believe in spring training being an indication of the regular season, you're so excited about what you're going to get. Tommy Joseph, three twenty eight home runs in spring training. Absolutely, I will take that. The great news is he does not have to catch because Chris Betts is one of the best young catchers in baseball by – he's probably my favorite young catcher in baseball by a pretty good mile. Um, so Tommy Joseph just has to hit. That's all he has to do. If he can focus on that, not strike out, and just hit the friggin' ball, um, you've got something here, right? But, yeah, he he was bad last year after the move. So we'll see. If he can adapt and continue this spring, I like Tommy Joseph here. I don't think he kills the team, but that is the name to watch for sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm sorry that I have to uh, to run, but I figure uh, what we'll be back with. You'll be back with part three here in the coming days. Yep, I'm trying to get it done. Opening days in a couple of days. I'll try to get it done tomorrow so we can finish off the list and start this thing fresh. Perfect. Well, thank you for doing this, and we'll be back with another uh, edition of the 30 Players to Watch here uh, shortly. Thanks, guys.